Hello everyone, uh, my name is Dr Barry Gibraj and welcome to an NHS Specialist Pharmacy Service podcast and this is an episode in a series that we're doing entitled Pharmacy Technician Coffee Break Conversations. Um, we did a webinar uh, not so long ago uh, about pharmacy technicians and their roles in primary care and that has spun off into this little series that we're going to do with some of the people who are doing some really interesting things in primary care practice. And I'm joined by Zoe Webb, who's a senior pharmacy technician at the General Practice Alliance. Zoe, you were on the webinar and spoke and we've managed to get you back again. So you're a glutton for punishment. Thank you so much today for joining us. No problem. Thank you for inviting us back, Barry. I think we had so much to talk about last time. The hour just ran out really quickly. Indeed. So, uh, yeah, Indeed. if there's anything that we want to go over again or uh, expand on, today's the day. Fantastic. Well, thank you, Zoe, for that. And um, in, uh, we'd really signpost people back to the um, webinar, which is on the SPS website. Um, but just in case people didn't hear that, Zoe, I just wonder just briefly if you could tell us a little bit about yourself and a bit about your career to date, because that was really interesting on the webinar. Thanks, Barry. Yeah, I mean, it's been it's been a bit of a journey and I've been working in pharmacy for over 20 years, which doesn't really seem possible. Um, obviously, there's no cameras today, but I don't look old enough to have worked in pharmacy for 20 years at all. But <laughs> Um, I've had a nice varied career and I think along the way they've all complemented each other to bring me where I am today so you know everything's been worthwhile but I started in community pharmacy um, because at the time that's that is all I knew I didn't know pharmacy technicians existed anywhere else then okay so I did a couple of years in community pharmacy and that's where I got my qualification um, but then I soon realized there was more and I wanted more um, I wanted to be challenged and I saw this this light that was hospital pharmacy and I was desperate to get there and I pestered them until they eventually um, offered me a job. So I started in the dispensary in the hospital, um, but then I saw that there was this magical place on the wards and I could be a, a ward based pharmacy technician and that just seemed, um, you know, the dream. I wanted to do that and I did. And I worked as a ward-based pharmacy technician for a long time. Mm -hmm. And uh, there was so much that I learned during that time clinically. Um, and interacting with the, the patients and the ward staff was, was really helpful and actually gave me a really good, broad, but rounded knowledge. Um, so I did that for you know quite a long time, but then I had the opportunity to go back into the dispensary as part of the management team, mm -hmm. which is something that I hadn't done before at all. I was a bit reluctant because I thought, well, what, what have I got to bring to this? Um, but I gave it a go and it was challenging, but I enjoyed it more than I thought I would. And mm -hmm. I ended up staying doing that for, for a few more years after then. <clears throat> but then I started to get that itch for the clinical side of things again. <laughs> and, and I just wanted to go back to it um, as much as I loved the, the craziness of the dispensary and the team um, clinical was calling. So I actually decided to walk away from hospital after 15 years and I wow. joined the CCG, our local CCG, as part of the care homes team. Yes. I thought that would give me the best of both, working with the care homes, but I still had um, a sort of facilitating role, a teaching role, but a clinical side as well. Yeah. Um, 
And I got to do one of the pathways. So I did the CPP. Okay, yes. Optimization in Care Home Pathway or March, yeah. um, which was really beneficial. And I am glad I did that. Mm. Um, but then the pandemic hit, and we've all got those stories, the, the mm. pandemic hit, and it really changed how we worked. Um, and it was all from home and it was very remote and I just didn't enjoy that aspect of it at all. Mm. Um, but then I knew around that time that there was this other calling within primary care and I thought, well, what's this? Um, mm. Lucky enough that I did know some people that pharmacists that had made that move. One pharmacist in particular, somebody I'd worked with for years mm. and she was just kept saying to me, we, we need a senior technician come and join us obviously interview and and follow that that route but um interviewed offered the job and that's where we are today i'm now part of the gpa team as the senior pharmacist there it's because even a pharmacy technician do you know zoe thank you for sharing that i think it's really interesting and pharmacy technicians who are listening to this will find it fascinating to hear somebody who is quite experienced and well into their career how they have moved there and I, I think that's really powerful so thank you for sharing that so we've got to where you are now working as a primary care pharmacy technician i wondered if you could just sum up for us what what do you do what's your role so my role is a little bit varied yeah. um the the main part of my role is to look after the technicians within our team who work across three different primary care networks. Mm. Um, so it's still a small team of technicians and we're part of the, the pharmacy team. But of those technicians, I'm supporting them, line managing them and giving them one-to-one -one time <clears throat> of clinical supervision. So okay. when they were starting, obviously they had their training and we supported them put them with the whoever they needed to work with at the time various team members and the pharmacy team and as they were settling in um obviously i, I pulled away from them a little bit to, so that they could find their feet but the really important thing that that i do offer is they have protected one-to-one -one time with me where we call it clinical supervision doesn't have to be clinical it can be anything and i think the thing with te technicians work is there is a lot of um, process involved and technical aspects of things. So we may not always focus on the clinical, but we'll work through how they're working and what projects they're working on. Um, so just that that extra support for the team. Thank you. Uh, that's really interesting you talking about clinical supervision because that phrase will mean different things to the different people, I think. So you've got clinical supervision in terms of making sure they're doing the job that they're meant to do, so it's sort of you know managerially supportive perhaps. But clinical supervision also means, particularly in nursing, and it's something that pharmacies are a bit behind on, I think, about supporting people, discussing challenging situations, that sort of thing. Uh, are you alluding to both of those, Zoe, or, or one yeah, of them? Yeah, definitely. It, a lot of the time it tends to be driven by what the technician might want to discuss themselves. Mm. Uh, you know, if they've got something that's been bothering them or something that is is a challenge and they want to work through, then we'll just sit and talk through that together, um, right, okay. do it together or give them some examples. Mm. So yeah, it, it's not all driven by what I think they need to do. I'd rather they told me if there's something they want to look at. Yeah. Um, yeah, and like you said, it could be a challenge. It could be a process. It could be a clinical outcome. Who do yeah. you need to signpost to? And, and we'll look at that together. Okay. Um, and it's done as one-to-one, -one, but we have groups. Um, mm sessions as well. 
so if if we've got a senior pharmacy technician somebody you know like yourself who's quite experienced it sounds in primary care that if you're leading and managing a team there's lots of scope to develop and manage a team for the benefit of the pharmacy service and patients in general would you say that there's zoe around in a lot of primary care networks i'm thinking of a junior pharmacist uh, pharmacy technician who might be listening to this junior pharmacist as well that was a freudian slip but in actual fact i've been so supported by pharmacy technicians in my career you know would, would, would a pharmacy technician who's more new find that same support do you think what's the vibe around that you've heard um i think there are technicians that naturally want to try and take the lead of a situation and more inquisitive and want to help develop the role. Mm. I, think we were, I was very lucky that it was recognised that technicians need to have a technician lead. Yes. Um, we understand how we work and that's through no fault of the pharmacist. They admit themselves. They wouldn't necessarily know what a tech needs. Mm. Um, so I think if there are other technicians out there who were looking to progress into more of that senior role. Um, I think that should be an option. Obviously, that's that's an in-house discussion. Um, but I think you do need someone to try and drive the team forward. Um, they've all got different skills and background yeah. and competencies, obviously, but we all take that into account on a daily basis anyway. Um, yeah. But I do think that technician leadership is is important so that they've got that voice. Um, yeah. speak for yeah. the team when something is suggested and it's like, no, that's really not appropriate or absolutely we can do this. Yeah, we, we would be excellent at running this particular project or, or audit. So it's yeah. that, that voice for the team. That's really good. Um, thank you. And um, Zoe, something that you said a bit earlier that I just wanted to pick up on was uh, when you were sort of moving leaving i think it was hospital pharmacy you, you, the phrase you used was clinical came calling and it sounds from your current role that it's kind of a leadership management one so are you still doing any clinical ha, ha, has it kind of met that clinical came calling need for you it, it has because i i feel i have the best of both worlds um a, a big chunk of my job is to lead the team but i do actually get to do the job as well yeah so um i do work in in the surgeries alongside the technicians perhaps in a different surgery at the time but i do the same job that they do a couple of days of the week as well so we develop in together as well as trying to lead the team and and that's been really helpful for me um understanding exactly what it is that needs to be done not just yeah. saying this is what needs to be done so where there are challenges and pitfalls i'm experiencing them myself um and and sometimes i don't have the solution that the other pharmacy technicians do we work through it together so we actually bounce quite a lot of ideas off each other but I do get my clinical fix as doing the job as well as leading the team. And there's just so many really interesting cases that come along. It's yeah. really, really beneficial and just you never stop learning. Do you know what? I think this this podcast, we, we never sort of overscript these, but it seems like this has been a really good sort of leadership for pharmacy technicians in primary care podcasts. I, I hope that will be of use to, to a number of people. Something you said there that really struck me, Zoe, was you don't always have the answers. 
and I don't know about what you think, we don't really have time to go into this because I'm, I'm going to gently move us on towards the end, but it just strikes me that it's good for perhaps more junior practitioners to see that seniors don't always have the answers and can be vulnerable. I mean, does, you're, you're, it, people can't see this, but you're smiling at me, so I'm assuming that, that you would concur with that. Absolutely. And I always say, you know, I, I don't know the answer to everything, but I'll have some suggestions. And sometimes we do need to try things, obviously not at the cost of the patient, but if there's a way of doing something that we can try, let's do that. And if it doesn't work, then let's try something else, but we'll work it out together. Always happy to have a suggestion. There's, you know, no such thing as a bad idea most of the time. Yeah. Okay. I mean, this time is flying by. We're getting towards the end, so there's just a couple of things really to sort of tie things up with. Um, just briefly, what challenges are you facing that you know you're able to talk about um, in your patch at the moment? I think my main challenge <clears throat> is the same problem everybody has at the moment in that workforce is is a real issue. Yeah, we've we've got all of these wonderful plans of things and services. That we would like to offer but we just don't have enough staff at the moment and we are out for advert we're, we're always trying to recruit but the people aren't there um, yeah. we are working together with our in our area we have the pharmacy faculty set up to try and address the workforce issue um, so we're working with our local <clears throat> our local uh, general hospitals and other services in the icb to try and address the workforce that is our, our biggest challenge. Sure. Um, thankfully, once we do have technicians in post, the, the GP surgeries are very um, accepting and uh, happy to allow us to develop processes and ideas together. Mostly, they, they will have their own agenda on some of things. Of course they will. Yeah, you know, yeah, 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 the, the, yeah. The workforce is a problem, but I think we just yeah. have to work together. That's realistic, and I think it's really important that we have a dose of realism in, in this podcast series, Zoe. Um, let's finish by, um, well, first thanking you, but secondly, asking you to sort of sum up. What do you think are the unique knowledge, skills, behaviours that pharmacy technicians bring to this primary care role? Sum it up for us. Oh, it's a good one. And it's hard to summarise, isn't it? But <clears throat> I would say you need to be fairly easygoing, but also have attention to detail. Um, yeah. Need to be able to get on well with people, be open to suggestions and ideas, um, be positive and happy to to work together as a team or, or as an individual. Um, but, but generally speaking, I think all pharmacy folk are geeks, really. We, <laughs> do, we do love the detail. We love to investigate. We love to try and find solutions. So I think if you're somebody that is uh, able to do all of those things, then you'd be absolutely fine. Oh, brilliant. So we, we could spend a lot longer. Um, we both, people can't see this, but we've go, both got our brews in our hands. So it really has been a lovely coffee conversation. Um, folks, um, on your behalf, thank you to Zoe. If you'd like to hear more podcasts from the NHS Specialist Pharmacy Service, please do follow us at soundcloud.com 
forward slash NHS underscore SPS. If you haven't done so already, please register on our website, sps.nhs.uk, for regular updates about our events and resources. And uh, we have other podcasts that we're recording in this series, so check them out as well. And please always don't be a stranger. Get in touch with us. Uh, We're very available to hear about uh, things that you'd like us to do uh, for you. So um, on behalf of Sue, our lovely administrator, and me, Barry Gibraltar, Bye for now.